0: What's up, witches? And welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini.
1: And I'm Scorpio. And today we are going to talk about Stephen Arroyo's book, Chart Interpretation Handbook, Guidelines for Understanding the Essentials of the Birth Chart, and my copy from 1989. But before we say anything else, I think what people need to know is that while I always pick the books, not this time, this is Gemini's pick. And this is... It. Yep, this is Gemini's Total Vibe, so um, I was really excited to read it. Um, I don't really know much about him. I just know that he's written a lot of books, received tons of awards, and it's all in astrology. So it seems like this is the guy. So is this the guy?
0: This is my guy. Okay. Um, when I started getting into astrology, this book was recommended, but it was, and I, I said this to you when we picked the book, it was recommended as like a very technical book. Mm -hmm. And that was really what drew me to it. So there are other people who I think are more well-known in astrology. But Stephen Arroyo is really my vibe with astrology, which is, like, getting into the nitty-gritty, the technical, all of the, like, really scientific aspects of it versus, you know, what's the vibe kind of astrology. Well, and I think that that really goes with the things that we talk about, this whole idea
1: that it's about putting in the work – Magic is science, even though he's not a witch. We're not saying he's a witch or anything like that. And when it comes to astrology, so many people think of it as hokum. And really, there is a science behind it. And I think that then we've picked the perfect guy to really guide us um, through our first discussion on astrology on the podcast. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, you know me and my quotes. So I will start. I like that he defines right in the intro the purpose of the book. So... It's not only to make it easy to locate fundamental concepts and detailed chart interpretations that are scattered throughout my books, but also to guide people in how to think astrologically. Yes. And I think when people people think, I think when people think about astrology, that it's kind of like how some people will approach learning a divination, any divination system, right? I have yes. to memorize all this. And it's not a lot of thinking involved. It's just, I just need to know this. I need to know that. I need to know that without really finding links to things or how to think about things within the system. So I like that he put that in the intro because it really does set you up to understand why he's writing this book.
0: Yes. I I also had a quote. Ooh. <laughs> Who am I? Um, also in that introduction, he says, What is lacking in many astrology books are intelligent, linguistically accurate, and precise guidelines with which to interpret the numerous details and the almost infinite combinations found in any birth chart. And that really, I think, is why this book was so valuable to me. Because a lot of times, especially now when we're learning astrology, we kind of learn pop astrology, right? So they, they tell you like what kind of person a Scorpio is or what kind of person a Gemini is. But Arroyo really set out to say this is the fundamentals and based on those fundamentals you can put information together to determine traits from a birth chart or information from a birth chart and not just look at a sign and say well okay this is the person, what would, how does that then reflect on these different planets? So this book is very much about those guidelines, about the information that will help you to understand the material. He gives us some definitions.
1: Yes. Right? The elements, the planets, the signs, um, the houses, and the aspects. And he tells us exactly, obviously, it's a definition, what each one represents and how the five factors constitute um, a comprehensive, sophisticated, and refined cosmic psychology. And that's something that I wasn't expecting him to use, the term psychology in here. But it really is. um, So I think we've talked about this on the podcast. You have done birth charts on on which space and you have discussed stuff and here's something that I never told you about what you told me about my yes something that I have kept from you oh no so you mentioned the connection that I have with my mom and how I kind of came here to be with her kind of thing yes okay many years ago um, I told you my family's full of mediums well supposedly I came through before I was born. And I said that I had had a connection to my dad in a previous life and that I wanted to be with him again, but that I had never had a connection with my mom. So that my whole purpose of being like why she's my mom is because I have to make a connection with her. So my mom was very conscious of the fact that I would already have a built in connection to my dad from a previous life. But that she it's so cool. She really wanted to work on it so that I would have a close connection with her because I really was a daddy's girl. And it makes sense because of our past connection. Um, But like it really became me and my mom. And she says, I really worked on that because I realized that, you know, we were put here to like bond in this way. So I wanted to, I was so conscious of it, she said. That's so cute. So when you said that to me, I don't know if you saw the look on my face. It was via Zoom. But (laughs) I don't know if you saw the look on my face, but I was just kind of like, holy and you know like yeah so and I think I felt a little weird of course now I'm saying it to everybody who's listening <laughs> to us instead of just to the coven but I guess I felt a little weird saying it then because first of all I was shocked Yeah. you got this from looking at what you know I kind of considered like huh like huh yeah you know like what you said the pop astrology you know yes could you possibly tell me anything a deeper anything that I can take away from except from the fact that you know Scorpios are like this am I ascending is yes this, and blah, blah blah and the fact that you went so deep into something that there's nobody who could have told me that nobody in my life has ever told me that okay except for my family because they told me that yeah. I came through um and we've had other family members come through in different medium circles. So, you know, I've seen it happen. So to to hear that I had come through before I was born was kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to let you know that. So the whole idea of psychology, right, that's like, what? You just have yeah. an aha face. What's well, your I think that face? makes
0: a lot of sense because there's a lot of different types of astrology that you can do. You can do predictive astrology, which is sort of like tell, trying to tell the future through the planets. Um you could do like degree based astrology, which looks at the specific degrees that each of your planets are at, and I really resonated with this idea of cosmic psychology of the chart telling you sort of the the inner world or the the subconscious aspects of a person and i I think that part of that came from this book because even in this introduction he said he talks about this inner situation. And how fundamental that is for a person and how once this inner inner essence manifests in the outer world, it fragments. The one becomes many and thus much more difficult to perceive in a limited number of factors in any chart. So when I look at a birth chart, I am trying to put together the inner essence of a person. What is valuable to them? Why do they make the decisions that they make by looking at the planet's? And I think that if I had come at astrology from any of the other versions, I don't know if I would have been able to pick up on that in your chart, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, this book gave me the foundation to be able to do that.
1: I kind of feel like this, you know, when you're thinking about psychology, you are thinking about going inward. You're thinking about what has happened in the past is being reflected Mm -hmm. in the present or can affect your future. So when I read that, you know, his thing about, you know, cosmic psychology. And I thought about what it is that you did when you read for all of us, because there were other things that came out for other people. Yes. And I thought, you know, how healing that can be to know this and then say, okay, what does this mean for me? How do I find strength in this? If it's something that maybe is not positive, right? How do I now maybe forgive myself a little bit and then work on myself, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could hear something negative, and say, well, then it's in the stars, I guess I'm screwed. No, 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 it's it's just like when you read for the future, right, just because it says in the future something negative is gonna happen, all it means is that this is a possibility. And just because your stars lined up in a certain way, yes, it's going to influence you, but what you do in this life is going to, you know, now that you have this information, now that you're armed with this information, how can you go out there and make it better for yourself if it's not good news? How do you take that news, like in my case, And kind of gave me, like, this warm and fuzzy feeling of, not that I didn't believe my family, but it was just kind of nice that it was, like, written in the stars, as it were. Yeah. You know, this whole idea that, because my mom and I are so close, um, that I like the fact that we kind of came here to bond, to be kind of like BFFs spiritually, um, you know, and... Yeah. You know, so... I think that it does go deeper. I almost feel like if you wanted to get a complete reading about your life, it would almost be nice to, I don't want to say have like, like they were therapy sessions, but it would be kind of interesting to work on your birth chart, work on astrology, have somebody work on that for you before you, before you even go to divination, before you even go to the future. It might be good to do the work and to find out what's going on, your makeup in a way you know girl <laughs> <laughs> oh here
0: we go yes go off Gemini um, so I have so many thoughts that I have to like organize them a little bit first of all yes I think that that is the most correct thing ever I think that so many people look at astrology as this kind of like jokey fun thing that we do that like oh the girls and the gays they do astrology <laughs> but I think that overwhelmingly, it has been one of the most powerful tools I have to do, you know, that shadow work to figure out how to, I don't want to say better myself because I don't want anyone to think about it like self-help, but to really be in my body and to be myself. Um, And astrology is very complicated, right? So there are other books that I own that are like supplemental to this that talk about things like... um, No, I don't remember the word. That's so annoying. When you don't have a certain sign in your chart. Interceptions? Oh, okay. Yeah. They have like a special astrology word for it. Got it. But I was able to then look into, okay, I have these, yeah, interceptions in my chart. What does that mean? Um, These certain placements, how does that affect the way that I interact with others? It's such a valuable tool to help you grow that... I want everybody to do it. But at the same time I recognize that the amount of of study and knowledge that goes into it can be really overwhelming. You know, I I own probably 10 astrology books. Just astrology books. Not t- even talking about like astrology in the context of witchcraft. And I'm constantly going back and forth between them. So it can be a lot. It can feel really, really stressful for people. And that kind of, when you said like it could be a therapy for somebody to go through it. This is this is crazy. This is me being a crazy person. Do it. So, do it. so I was gone from Instagram for a while, for about a week, because there had been a death in my family. And one of the things that I realized in grieving and in going through that process is that I have this call in me to be that kind of person who uses these spiritual tools to like help other people get through their issues because literally the day before my grandmother passed I had done these like these big readings for my sister and a couple of her friends and I was exhausted it was it was so much effort but I felt like I had helped them come to conclusions and make decisions and feel validated. And that was so powerful for me. And so I was going through this grieving process and, and thinking a lot about, you know, what, who am I and what do I want to leave behind? And that's, that's exactly what I came to is this idea of using spiritual tools to help people grow and you know, I think sometimes witch, witchy people talk about it in like this way that turns people off, right? This you're a star seed, you know. Oh, you're you're reincarnated, and you know this and that, and you've got uh, letters on your palms and the lines in your palms, and that means certain things. And sometimes people become overwhelmed by that. And so, for me, I look at what I do with tarot and what I do with astrology. And I realized, you know, during this, this grieving process that that's, I want it to be therapy. I want it to be something that helps you to grow and improve and feel better about yourself. Um, And like, maybe that means I need to get a counseling degree or something, but I think that that's, I come to witchcraft from that perspective in really all contexts. And so I think it's funny that you picked up on that because it's something that I've really been working through over the last couple of weeks.
1: I think we've also mentioned this on the podcast that, you know, it's one thing to be with the coven and kind of like talk about witchy things. And, you know, we read for each other, we do whatever. It's another thing to really have these deep dives, which I think you and Mm -hmm. I, this is why we did the podcast, because you and I would just have these conversations. And I think the fact that they're regimented conversations, like we know we're going to have these conversations and what they're going to be about before we sit down to talk about them, that it's really helped both of us kind of to focus on what it is we want from all of this. And I think we always knew, I think every witch goes into this, not every witch, most witches go into stuff (laughs) thinking, I'm going to help people. And I think that's why so many witches open shops. You know, I think they open shops because they're thinking, how can I help people? How, you know, how can I help them find me? So one of the easiest yes. way to find me is if I have a shop and then people can come in and I can help them and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's so many different ways. And I think that the more that you and I talk about this, the more we have the podcast, I think our paths start to become clear as to what yeah. it is we want to do, you know? Even the way we've talked about how our practices have changed since we started the podcast, how we even identified from the beginning of the podcast. And that only comes from these deep reflections and these deep dives that we have and that we're fortunate yeah. enough to have on the podcast and that people have resonated with. So who knows what's in the future? That could be your thing, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody's always so amazed when you do anything with astrology. Like I'm like, oh, you've got <laughs> to talk to Gemini because it's like, she just talks and I just go, what the hell is this? Like, how are you getting all this? So it's pretty cool.
0: And you know what? It is this book. and And to kind of jump back into that, I've talked on the podcast multiple times. I have a science background. I'm very scientific. I like to see things in that sort of methodological way. And this book is really good at that. Um, You know, he talks in the beginning about the ways that astrology is a science. Whether or not it is ever acknowledged by science, it has years and years of data collection and Mm -hmm. years and years of demonstrable effects. And that is, I think the best start for astrology because i think that when you look at astrology as the pieces of a puzzle Mm -hmm. and not like the lines of a poem it makes it easier to understand um and i mean for me that was what made it so easy to consume is reading this book put me in the mindset of these are data pieces and then i could go to any other book regardless of how it's written and find the data pick out the data pieces Um, I do, I said this before we, before we read the book, not everybody likes this style. You know, I've had people, I've recommended it to people and had them be like, it's too sciencey. It's too much. This book is very much written to be like a resource, like a a tool that you can come back to. And I, it reminds me almost of like Scott Cunningham's, um, herbal encyclopedia Mm -hmm. where I read it and it was almost like, do I really need to read the whole thing? Because I'm just going to read like facts. Right. I need to come back to it when I have right. the, the item to then use the fact.
1: You know, the fact that you said that before we started the podcast, I said to you, "Ah, I don't like this book. And then I said, OK, it's not that I don't like the book. It's that this is not the kind of book that you're going to sit down and read the way we read other books. Like you said, like the the Herbal Encyclopedia, you you can't sit there and read them all. So for me, reading through the interpretive guidelines for Jupiter and Sagittarius and then the next thing and the next thing was like, okay, I can't read this anymore. But having said that, and having read the first couple of chapters before he breaks off into these things, this is incredibly valuable. And I said to you, I'm not getting rid of this book. This is the kind of book that I will come back to. And this is the kind of book that's a great resource. But it's just that type of book, like you said, the other book, you're going to sit there and read cover to cover because you're not going to remember, unless you have a photographic memory, which I don't, I'm not going to remember all these things. So it's really just like, when you get towards the end, more like glancing at it and getting an understanding of yes. what each section is, what the purpose of every section is, leaving notes for yourself or post-its to say, This is where you get this, so you can easily access it, but you're not going to be reading through it completely. Now, he does say that astrology is a science and an art. And I definitely yes. see that. And I definitely see it also in the way you read the charts. I definitely think that it's, you know, because it's not when it's scientific, it's just like blunt, but you have a way of like weaving the story. And that's what makes it an art, you know, because you're able to Mm -hmm. explain it to people who are not well versed in the science of astrology. So I think that that's important. I try. He does say it's a science and to take from his book, it says it comprises a set of principles and laws that have accumulated through observation. And many of these principles can be tested and observed to be reliable. And when I read that, I thought of astrology but the next thing I thought about was you could take astrology out and put the word witchcraft in there.
0: Yes. Because I yes. think that
1: that's it's the same exact thing. When you're talking about things that you have observed that you can name the principles and then you can test it and get the same result, that could be it could be anything in witchcraft, right? We specifically yeah. talked about that with spells, but it could be almost anything. Right?
0: I think also he kind of gives this idea that the skepticism that makes up our modern science is not accurate skepticism. It's not right skepticism. And it reminds me of all the way back when we read Drawing Down the Moon, Mm. how there's that section where she talks about scientism or scientism, which is the, the religion of science that a lot of times people don't realize they're participating in. That happens to astrology a lot is people are skeptical of it in the way where they go, well, this isn't a quote-unquote real science, therefore I don't believe in it. But that's not what skepticism should be, and I mean, as witches, we should be skeptics. We should be considering, where is this information coming from? What, what is the evidence? How does this affect reality? You should consider those things before you do any kind of anything. You should be skeptical in the sense that you want proof, but not skeptical in the sense that you're going to dismiss anything if it doesn't fit into a certain paradigm. I think that witch space wouldn't have worked at all if we had been skeptical in that way, where we read things and were like, well, this is never, this is in- unacceptable. It doesn't work like that. No, skeptical is valuable. Skepticism is valuable, but to just dismiss things outright because they don't work in your specific framework feels a little colonial to me. <laughs> You know,
1: I I hate to sound like one of these old people that says, well, you know, social media is destroying uh, society. (laughs) But I feel like just like you have witches on there, and I'm not going to mention the crystal because I think it's been mentioned enough. But TikTok decided that this one crystal was something that everybody should own. And then people were going like crazy trying to get it. People don't want to do the work. So when people say, well, I'm going to believe in this or go the other route and go, This is a bunch of hooey. I'm not believing in anything. Where are you basing this from? Are you basing this because a TikToker said yes, yay, or nay to something? Mm -hmm. Or have you actually done the research behind stuff? You know, um, there are a lot of jokes. Like a lot of my friends, they've been getting vaccinated and they'll say things like, oh, you know, Bill Gates cannot track me or, you know, like joking around. Like I'm fully aware now that I'm in the, you know, um, oh my God, I can't think of it. Star Trek, the Borg. Anyway, I'm part of the Borg. Um, you know, we joke about it, but there are people who actually believe this. There are people who yes. don't want to be tracked. Therefore, they're not getting vaccinated. And I'm like, get the vaccine, get rid of your phone if you don't want to be tracked. Like, I don't even know what to tell Preach. you. Preach. You know? You're already so, very tracked. Yeah. And I'm just kind of okay with it. I have a cousin that will not get on Facebook, but she's like, that's how they get you. And I'm like, you know what? Come get me. Like, in all honesty, yeah. like, this is getting crazy. I'm not going to live my life because someone's out there to get me. Like, I, yeah. you know, you'll never move. You'll never do anything. So I don't know how I got to where I am. Why <laughs> skepticism? Am all skepticism. Thank you. Um, <laughs> long way to go. Um, I think it just comes from people not wanting to do the research, find the books, read, understand what people are saying. Um, yeah it's just a lot easier to just have somebody tell you than to actually have to think. Absolutely. So uh, he does mention that one-on-one counseling is probably the greatest purpose aside from using it for self-awareness. So I know. he's like validating
0: your thoughts. Um, I would make, and he really, he like talks so much about all these different shrinks and well, psychologists. Like he he references Jung, which I feel like every witch person references Carl Jung. But like Dr. Jacob Ziegelboim is just a a professor that he's referencing. Like he just, the way that he inco- incorporates science into this book really just made me so happy. It, it yeah. creates this framework that I think overwhelmingly we don't see in astrology. And so for him to be referencing like Max Planck or Max Planck, because he's German, that was so powerful to me to be like, oh, okay, I see where you're coming from. I see what version of the universe you ascribe to. And it was mine. And that helped me to to get into it. I almost feel like
1: as witches, not that, you know, um, spiritual sides are, I don't even know if it's a spiritual side I want to talk about, but I think we should be looking at books that deal with our world in a scientific way. Yes. I think we're going to find more answers, you know? And I think we expect it from, to some degree, when it comes to herbs. We expect there to be some sort of... But with other aspects, we don't. And I wonder why. But that's a different conversation for a different time. (laughs) He talks about how to use this book. Yes. He says that it's going to provide guidelines, in his words, as a springboard for personal reflection. So... He's not telling you what to do. He's just giving you some thoughts and then you have to do the work to think about how you want to access this information. So I thought that was really interesting because again, even though you think, well, I've got this book, how much more work do I have to do? You have to do more.
0: Yeah. And he's got footnotes, which everybody knows I'm obsessed with footnotes and bibliographies. So it's a well-researched book. Just have to to slide that in there. It's so funny because... We read these books and I try my hardest to like think really critically while we're reading them. And then we get on the podcast and I feel like I wasn't critical at all because I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm like, oh my God, like, yes, this book is about like the psychology of, of astrology and like the value of counseling and you know, all of this stuff. And it, it puts the conversation in such a different light for me because when I read it, I was just like, oh yeah, this is like one of those introduction chapters. Okay. But now that we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, these first three chapters are so freaking important to the whole book. And how did I not – I guess that's because it was – I just, like, slurped it up. It was so easy for me that I wasn't thinking about it when I read it. I think this happens even when I choose a book. You know, I've chosen it,
1: so I've already read it, and I already – I kind of, like, did all my thinking, so now I'm just kind of, like, gloss – not glossing over it again, but I'm just – Thinking about a couple of things. Like reviewing it. Right. But like when, for me, this isn't first time. So it's, I think it's easier the first time to be a little bit more to pick up on some of these things. Yes. I think another nice thing about this, even if you are a witch out there thinking, oh, okay, I'm glad that you guys like this or that Gemini's into this, but I don't see myself as somebody who's into astrology. I ha- I'm, I'm with you because that's who I am. I'm not somebody who's yeah. going to all of a sudden start reading birth charts, but- he mentioned something. He says that the four elements each represent a basic kind of energy and consciousness that operates within everyone. Now, as witches, yes. we know this, right? I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> we basically live with the elements and the seasons yes. and all this stuff. But have you thought about it in an astro- in an astrological way? Yeah. Maybe not. I know I haven't really. I haven't really taken the time to do that. So for me, when I read that, I went, hmm all right, I am not going to now do charts, but what can I learn about the elements? What can I learn mm-hmm. about how they work in different situations that might help me maybe when I'm doing my spell work, when I'm thinking about, yes. you know, for many of us, we have the witch's calendar. And if you look at the witch's calendar and the witch's agenda, which I have both, um, <laughs> you know, you have all the markings there of what has just happened, Right. The quarters, uh, what's entering what now, you know, what is happening. It might give us a different perspective when we're planning out our spells and we're looking at the days of the week and we're looking at what's happening to tell us, oh, wait a minute. Right. So I would say if you're not into astrology, this is how I plan to use this book. Um, and maybe it'll change. Maybe the more I read, the more I'm going to go, hey, Gemini, I recommend another book because I kind of want to read something else now. But at least for right now, I think it would help, even if you wind up not using it right away, but I think it definitely will help your spell work to understand a little bit more um, the planet that we're on and you know how to get things yeah. aligned. So I think and that's And I think
0: that, that looking at the signs in the way that he discusses First, looking at the element, then looking at the modality, right? Mm -hmm. Cardinal, fixed, or mutable. That helps your spell work. Like looking at a a cardinal spell versus a fixed spell versus a mutable spell, that might not be because, you know, I'm doing the spell under a certain moon or whatever, but maybe the spell is about adaptation. So you want to bring in that mutable energy. Maybe it's about, you know, these these productive generative forces. So you want to look into cardinal. I think that fixed signs would probably excel at protection magic because the stubbornness that I think applies to fixed, the the fixed idea is really good for protection, right? You don't want your protection spell to be adaptable. You want it to be a a boundary. So I think that that also is something to consider is each little part of astrology. Yes, you can use it to add up to your birth chart and what does that mean and how does that affect you? But you can also use the pieces. So now that we've kind of talked
1: about a little bit, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the first couple of chapters. We can tell people what's in the rest of (laughs) the book. The part where it gets more like an encyclopedia
0: and less like something that you're going to be reading. I think he does a really good job of giving you the breakdowns in the order that make the most sense. So first he talks about, hey, these are the elements. These are the modalities, these are how they come together to make the signs. So he tells you about the air signs, the water signs, the earth signs, and sort of groups them together. Okay, what do they all have in common? Now let's break down the planets. and there's it's all of them. It's all nine planets. Why am I sitting here forgetting how many planets are in the solar system? What a day. <laughs> Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. And each planet then has, um, he, I love the way he phrases this, urges represented and needs symbolized. So often people are looking for a positive or a negative. They're looking for, well, this placement is good and this placement is bad. Right? This sign with this planet is good. Each planet represents things that you need. things that you want to do and when you when you think about them in that context i think it makes astrology less scary Mm -hmm. right in the same way that divination can be scary because like i don't want to know when i'm gonna die people don't want to know from their birth chart that like oh i'm an incredibly stubborn person who struggles to build relationships because i don't like to be wrong nobody wants to hear that so instead we can frame these ideas in the context of well I need companionship, but I want to be correct. And how can we make those two things work together?
1: Okay, see, that just pisses me off right there. Okay, people don't want to hear. Nobody ever wants to hear anything. Okay, (laughs) then stop asking people (laughs) to read shit for you. Okay? I mean... Yes. Here's the thing, right? Um, I hate it if people... Look, if you're my friend... And I am, I don't know, doing something that you think is either wrong or, okay, if you see that I have one shoe that my shoes don't match, one is a boot and one is a sandal, you might want to pull me aside and say, is this something you're trying out? Or do you need to go back home and change your shoes? There are people that won't tell you that because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Bitch, if I'm wearing two different shoes, I expect you to tell me. If you don't tell me, you're not my friend. That's just how I feel friends should be. You don't have to be mean to me. You don't have to say, bitch, are you crazy? But you could just say, is this a new look you're trying? Because it's weird, right? I mean, I don't like...
0: disagree.
1: And people don't want to hear that, though. And I'm sick of that. Then don't ask me Shit. This is why people come back for more and more readings. And you know people in our lives that are like, okay, can you read this? Now, can you read that? And it's like, why don't you just tell me what you want me to say? And I'll say it. And then they get pissed if you say that.
0: I don't disagree with you. But I also do know that not everyone looks at life the way that we do. Yeah. Um... I'm not going to get on this podcast and lie and say that I enjoy when people come back and ask the same question 14 different times. No. I hate that. (laughs) Stop doing it. Um, The the card said dump him. Dump him. That's where we're at. Yeah. But now that I am sort of looking at these things from more of that counseling perspective, Mm -hmm. right, that I want to help people grow perspective – There is so much resistance, and I think even in us, right? There's so much resistance to being wrong. When your perceptions of yourself, the thing that is the most fundamental to your existence, turn out to be incorrect, that can be really painful. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's because of years of practice on our part that we're so comfortable with it. You know, um not everybody has to go through the life experiences that we've been through that have allowed us to separate our egos from our development. And so especially in a scientific minded text like this, I think using these terms is more important because it it's not it's never been about you being right or you being wrong or you feeling good about yourself or you feeling bad about yourself witchcraft in general but astrology in this context is about change right it's about the force of change in your life and so by removing sort of the qualitative language it allows you to look at that and how these planets and how these aspects affect that change in a neutral way um and I, I think this goes right back to the idea. You should start with astrology, right? Do do this work first. Allow this to become neutral so that by the time you get to divination and, and tarot and Lenormand, these incredibly charged tools that have years and years of history that are, I think, much scarier than astrology, you can then come to that in a neutral way as well. Um, I think it's it's this idea that we we put qualities on anything but witchcraft in general, that there, there's a good and there's a bad, mm. make these things neutral for yourself, for your growth, right? The good and the bad comes with whether or not it's aligned with you. And we've talked about that so many times, making sure you do the work. Well, allow it to be neutral while you're doing the work so that you can then find the right answer. You know, I, there are things in my birth chart that I find very difficult and that I just kind of don't address. I'm I'm just like I'm not working on that right now. And I I have the benefit of, you know, being on this podcast and being the kind of people we are that I can be a little bit more neutral about it, but I don't there are, it it upset me to read to find yeah. these things. It made me unhappy to be like, "Oh, this is the kind of person that I am." And I could have very easily been the kind of person who said, "No." I'm not going to, I'm not going to even consider this. Or I could have been worse. I could have been the kind of person who was like, yes, fine. This is who I am. This is just (laughs) my personality and you can't change it. There's, it's the middle road that is the most valuable, especially in astrology to be able to look at, all right, why is this a benefit and why might this affect me negatively? Some people need to be handheld to get there. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'm always going to be the person who can hold your hand. That's another thing that I've been emotionally <laughs> dealing with is this idea that like if I don't want to help somebody grow, is it valuable for me to then say, "Hey, your your shoes are the wrong shoes." You know, like maybe I'm friends with somebody, but I'm not I don't want to be close to them. I don't want to be their rock. Why then am I going to put myself in the position where I'm constantly telling them, "Hey, you're showing your whole ass?" Yeah. Uh,
1: But I guess I think this is also like a different thing when it comes to how you define a friend. Yes. Right? And I was saying this because actually one of my students asked me that this year. And I told them, I know a lot of people. Yeah. I don't have a lot of friends. Right? Yes. Um, You have to be careful who you tell your business to. And there's degrees of that. So, yeah. Am I going to tell everybody that they have the the shoes on wrong? No, because I'm not getting it in your life. I know you, but I'm not your friend, right so yeah, that's and and that and you have to be honest about that too. I think everybody wants to say, you know, yeah, these are my friends, are they yeah are they
0: you know, I think there's like a like a tier there's like a nine circles of hell, but for friends, yeah, so like you have people who you are acquaintances with, and then you have like air quotes friends like I go hang out with them we do stuff together but I'm not like I'm not like sharing my soul and then you have like that ninth circle like we're in the devil's mouth frozen over (laughs) like ride or die friends um and I think the problem especially you know with you know social media and is society has sort of tricked us into thinking that having a lot of those air quote friends is the same as having those ride or die in the mouth of the devil friends. Um, there's this expectation socially that you have these big circles, you have these people you can call on, you know, you're, especially as women, we're expected to be buddy buddy with everybody and, you know, be gossiping in the bathroom and all of that. And people need to be handheld through that too. I mean, there's been situations where. People have been mad at me for not wanting to call them my friend and it's like listen we're not there yet. I'm not saying no, I'm just saying not now. So I th- I think astrology the problem with astrology is that it brings out a lot of stuff that you just don't want to look at. More so than tarot because tarot expects you to interpret it sort of yourself. It gives you the guidelines but you have to put the sentences together. This is very explicit. Right? These things mean these things. And that sucks for some people. Some people really are never going to be in a place where they can look at their birth chart and have it make them happy. And that's sad. Like, I don't want anyone to live like that. Well, first of all, I don't think
1: looking at anything, whether it's a divination system or whether it's your birth chart, looking to that to either validate your life or to make you happy, that's yeah. your job. Your job is to validate yourself. Your job is to make yourself happy. Your job is to find out what's going to make yourself happy. And if you go into anything willingly, read my birth chart, then you have to be ready to accept whatever. That doesn't mean that you have to work on aspects you don't want to work on. Right? If you want to just say, I'm putting this out. I just, I can't with this. I don't think it should make you crazy. I don't think you should go into a depression about it. I think you should just say, okay, you know what? That might be true, and maybe I'll get to it at some point in my life, and maybe I won't, and I'm fine, but at least I know. Thank you very much. Um, I think we put way too much stock in what's there, what can be seen, whether it's past, present, or future, and less stock on ourselves going, hey, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for me. You know, I, I don't know. It's like I did not go to school again with the intention of, getting another job or doing something. I did it because I wanted to learn. And I yeah. think in this society, we're not, not that you going to be rewarded, but we're not encouraged. That's the word. We're not encouraged to grow or to learn unless there's an end game. People yes. shouldn't have hobbies unless they can monetize from them, right? Um, you crochet. Do you have an Etsy account? Do you go? No. What if I, I just... I hate that. I mean, I, I do needlepoint. For me, I don't even give them to anybody. There's just, it's crap that I do. I don't need to monetize it. I don't need to advertise it, right? I don't need to have tons and tons. You can if you want to. But I think we have this weird idea that if you know how to do something, right, you should be going out there and making money from it. How about you just use it as a tool to help yourself or help others or to grow or to just learn? What's wrong with just
0: learning? So this is a capitalism problem again. Oh well, yeah. Um, always and forever. But it's so funny because a couple of years back I had done some readings, some tarot readings for my family, and I basically let my dad talk me into trying to monetize my tarot. So I like started an Etsy and I like put up all these listings and blah blah blah. I remember blah, that. Blah. Yep. And I just it just never I just never did anything with it because the idea of monetizing my tarot readings is exhausting the amount of energy that I put into doing these readings to then have random strangers on the internet pay me to do that like no no I'm good and then I have I finally told my parents that I have a podcast um and immediately my dad was like are you are you expensing things are you keeping track of your expenses and it's like no I'm not because I am enjoying the process And if at some point this becomes like a thing where I have to worry about money, I will deal with that when I get there. But so much of society is just tricking us into being like the the dispossessed millionaire. Like, oh, one day we're gonna be like Jeff Bezos, but right now we're poor. So we just have to hustle, hustle, hustle until we're billionaires one day. And it's like, that's not how reality works. That's not real life. Slow down, be in your body be in your experiences, find, I almost died right there, (laughs) find meaning to your life that is not financial. Yeah. Right. And if that meaning is learning or if that meaning is family or if that meaning is simply being with yourself, like allow yourself the option that isn't just money, unless you have a Capricorn rising and then there's nothing you can do about it. I'm sorry.
1: Sometimes you just <laughs> know, okay? Yeah. Sometimes you just know. Everything does not need to be monetized. And I think that when you can help people, you help them. Right. How did we get here now? This is just weird. Uh, I have no idea where to go from this now. We were talking about okay. the contents of the book, and we just we kept going,
0: which was good. But I just don't know.
1: How do we get back now? Where were we? Oh, don't worry.
0: I got you. Um, I think that one of the most valuable parts of this book... And one of the reasons also that this book can be very unpalatable to some people is that it really gives you the opportunity to understand the more complicated aspects of astrology that kind of force you to question those difficult topics. So the chapter six on the ascendant or the rising sign in the midheaven, incredibly Mm -hmm. important. I think we sleep on the rising sign. Traditional astrology put much more emphasis on the rising sign. And in fact, you would consider yourself your rising sign and not your sun sign. So I would be a Capricorn and not a Gemini if we went by rising sign in the traditional way. You'd be a Leo. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) But it gives you a breakdown for each ascendant. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are, are used to sun signs, will that be stressful? Absolutely. But it'll also give you a lot more context for some of your decision making. And then he does a whole chapter on the houses. And the houses, I think are the most difficult part for anybody learning astrology. Because that's where you start affecting that real life. There's a house for money. And you might look in your house for money and find a planet and sign combination that makes you the kind of person who worries a lot about whether or not you're going to become Jeff Bezos. You might go to the romance house and find something that is considered a quote-unquote bad placement. And so giving us this chapter explaining the houses, right, that he calls it the holistic approach, which I like, looking at the house as a whole thing and not just as these little fragments, looking at the water sign houses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, That can be really stressful for a lot of people. And it's, it's a thing that a lot of people just choose not to learn. They just do signs and planets and they don't do the houses. But the houses is what grounds your astrology in your real life. It grounds what you're learning into places that you can then apply it, ways that you can do that growth that we've been talking about this whole podcast. Without the houses, it's all cerebral. And for some of us, that doesn't, I mean, for me, it works. But for a lot of people, being up here in the clouds is not going to help you put that into use. He also gives you planetary aspects, which is super fun, Um, very fiddly. Once you get into aspects, that's when I think you are, like, good at astrology. Okay. Um... I remember when I was first reading this book, that was the hardest for me to do because there's just so much content in here. It really, it's like a textbook. This is a textbook. And I think when you come into it with the mindset that it's a textbook, it makes it a little bit easier because you can break it up in a way that is better to digest. It is a, a tool, yeah. right? It definitely goes on your bookshelf and it lives in your bookshelf, Um A small subset of the people listening to us are going to read the whole thing straight through. Good for them. Don't feel like you have to. If you're getting into astrology, just keep this bad boy with you. You know, it's kind of like when you're starting tarot and you have the little white book that tells you all of the meanings. That's what this is. This is your little white book for astrology. All right, so we have nothing else to add about the book. I think
1: people would be curious Uh, to know more about, since this is your thing, just a little bit more about astrology and you. So what attracted you first to astrology? Like what made you even think about picking up a book or whatever?
0: I don't really know how to answer that question. Here's the problem. I have a lot of ADHD. And one of the things that happens when you have a lot of ADHD is you get these hyper-focus Moments, And that my brain just becomes latched on to a concept, right? And I, I have to know everything about it. And I do all this research and I, it becomes my whole personality. And that happened with astrology. Um, I don't, I don't even, I, I can't even look back and tell you like this is when it happened. Because it happened recently. Like it happened while the podcast was running and I don't know if that was because you know we were working with the coven and I was getting more and more invested in in witchcraft practices but it just happened one day I was like hey I need to know everything about astrology and then I did
1: (laughs) I mean I remember when you started with astrology and it was just like you had an app you worked with an app and you kind of like you know looked at it but I feel like it was in a very short amount of time where you went from that to like well, let me tell you about yourself. And like mm-hmm. everyone was just like, What the hell happened here? Like all of a sudden it was like from zero to sixty, a good zero to sixty, but it was just like crazy. So
0: that is exactly question, how hyper focus works.
1: <laughs> so did you do you read off the cuff or do you ever take time? I don't remember what you did when you read for us, whether you just went like boom in, or do you take time first and then talk to somebody? So
0: I typically read off the cuff. Um But overwhelmingly, when I'm doing readings, it's like a person is right there in front of me, whether, you know, on Zoom or in real life. I've done a couple of readings where someone has given me their birth chart and then I've like written up a description for them. Um, But yeah, most of the time it's just people ask me and then I'm like, oh, yeah, give me your birth chart. We'll do it right now.
1: What do you think has been the biggest lesson that you have learned from astrology or the most important lesson, most valuable lesson, however you want to put it?
0: That's a good question. Um, your life is the lesson. Oh, uh, and I, I like. I know. I know that when you say that, there's people that are like, "Okay, well, what does that mean?" Um, no, I love it. I want to put I'm, that on my wall
1: somewhere. Your life is the lesson.
0: Hmm. I tend to be this very sort of like end goal person. Where like I, I'm constantly thinking about the future and like I sometimes I'll be asking my husband questions about like stuff five years down the line and he's like I we we can't answer that there is no answer to that because all of the all of these hypothetical situations that you're planning haven't happened yet so we don't know um, and so astrology was really valuable for me to take a step back and be like you know what it's the journey you have to learn the things. It's okay that you were a certain way when you were young. And it's okay that you're a certain way now. And it's okay that you might be a different way in the future. You are a living being in a universe full of living beings. And that is enough. I love that.
1: I'm just like, I'm taking that in because I really like that. I will tell you this. You can, you can whittle them down though, as far as like talking about things in the future. So... Every once in a while, my husband's like, what are you doing online? And I'm like, I'm looking at places to live, you know, when we retire. He's like, Mm -hmm. when we retire, he's like, like, in how many years is that? So he thinks I'm crazy. Guess what he was doing yesterday with me? He initiated looking at places to live. I love that. So sometimes, and he never caught himself going, what am I doing? Like, we have so much time before this actually even happens. Um, I, I think I've. I, I get that. And for me, I like having one eye to the future, even if, yes. but I think that we can lose focus of what you just said, which I think is so vital. It's the journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. Did any reading surprise you? Like, did you ever like look at somebody's birth chart and go, oh my God, like how did it surprise you and why did do it surprise that you?
0: all the time is the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. The problem is that I look at a birth chart and like immediately find a placement where I'm like... <gasps> And then I make faces and then like people have to be like, no, 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 don't worry. She just does this. And then I have to explain why I made the face. Like everything is so exciting to me in astrology. Every placement is fun. It always means something. I like that I'm learning about people, you know? So like I enjoy any placement that like seems either like really, really that it makes a ton of sense or like maybe the placements that are kind of out there also. I love those because then I'm like, oh, can you explain this to me? Like. How does this resonate with you? Those are my favorite moments. I think there's
1: a lot of trust that goes in. And I think it's something we don't really talk about. But when you get a reading, whether it's your astrology chart, your birth chart, or whether you're going to go, mm-hmm. really think about that you are trusting this human being. You are opening yourself up to this human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, people go around talking about what they've seen or anything like that. But really think about, do you need to have another human being know this about you?
0: Yeah, I have
1: had I don't often go for readings that aren't people that I know but the few times that I have um, it's been okay. it's been good I've had like really good readings I've learned yeah. things about myself from the readings but I do go in there with this mindset of am I opening myself up because if I'm not opening yeah. myself up they're not going to get a good reading and then do I want to open myself up so things to always think about Um, so what do you think everyone should, first of all, do you think everyone should learn a little bit of astrology? And if so, why?
0: Yes. Big yes. Ultra yes. I seen. Okay. Now that I've said that now I have to roll it back. I (laughs) think a certain type of life is valuable. And I think that it's probably unfair of me to put that standard onto everybody else. But I think I've always really resonated with this, the way that we talk about Socrates as being like this wise person who, you know, knows that they know nothing and is constantly seeking knowledge and is constantly seeking connections with other knowledgeable people. And so for me, I see astrology as a tool for you to become more knowledgeable and for you to become especially more self-knowledgeable. You know, if that doesn't sound fun, hey, don't do it no pressure. I'm not your boss. But for me, astrology makes the kind of life that I want possible. And if that's the kind of life that you want, it's an incredibly valuable tool. Oh, I like that.
1: And if you, you don't understand that or, or cause I, I think I kind of get what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even if you don't think that it's for you, because I definitely do not seem, and look, this could change. There's a lot of things I didn't see for myself three years ago that I definitely see now. So, you know, um, even if you don't see yourself, like I mentioned before, I definitely think this book is valuable simply because I think it'll make my understanding of my spells and what goes into them because everything goes into it. You know, even the things that you think, well, I don't really know what's going on with the moon right now. I don't know what's going on with the, But knowing it is just going to make you more aware of what you're working with and maybe might even influence you changing what's in the spell so that it's more aligned. So I I recommend this book from an outsider's perspective, from somebody who does not do astrology, who knows the bare minimum um, (laughs) of astrology and everything that I know, I know from Gemini. so And now this book. So, and I will definitely be asking Gemini for more recommendations when I'm ready um, because I think that this is valuable. I think she's right. And I think even if you're not interested in reading astrology, if you want a deeper dive, you probably should have somebody who you trust do your birth chart and and really sit with it and learn from it that way. Maybe that's what, that might be the angle people get more interested in um, if they have something, never had something like that done. You know, it might be really good. And it's something that I didn't really know that I wanted done until, you know, we were doing it in the coven and I was like, yeah, Yeah. okay. And then the minute she started talking, because you'd done it for me before, but right when you were starting. So to get yes. like a really full in depth thing was um, was really fantastic. So, yeah, I'm glad that you recommended Hi. this book, um, and it and it took me a while to realize like wait a minute I didn't choose this book. So it was really cool yeah. to I guess get into Gemini's world a little bit. I think that's always
0: fascinating. So
1: so thank you for recommending this book.
0: It's good. You're welcome. I hope everybody likes it. And if you don't like it, don't tell me. Tell Scorpio, because I'm fragile. <laughs>
1: She's so not fragile. Please, you know, just bombard us with telling us that you don't like this book. No kidding.
0: Yeah. But of course, like, do reach out. We love hearing from you guys. Um, Yep. Especially, like, Instagram is probably the best way to reach us. Every once in a while, it does take us a little bit to get back to you. It's not because we hate you. It's because we're super busy. But please, we love hearing when you like the books. We love hearing when you have opinions. Like, definitely reach out and tell us how you're feeling about this podcast and every other podcast we've ever done absolutely thank you to sean mcshane for our intro and outro music and remember if you're following the moons you're following us